This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, Let's Talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and I'm at home today, enjoying our backyard and chatting with a friend of mine, June Havoc. Busy, beautiful June, flitting from coast to coast. Her friends have to sort of grab her in midair if they want a quiet moment with her. Such activity and such productivity. This gal really gets results. She makes her plans and she carries them out. Early training, I guess. That's the training I read about in Early Havoc. That's the book June wrote about her first 13 years. Did you ever know someone for a very long time and still realize you don't know them at all? That's the way I felt after reading June's own story done so wistfully by June herself. Of course, if she keeps on writing for a few years, perhaps I shall really find out about her, and until then, I'm afraid we'll all be whistling in the dark, because June gives us a clue, mind you, just a clue, about twice a year, if we happen to fit into her plans, her many and varied plans. June, baby, it's my turn to wind you up and find out what's ticking inside you this season. Lucy, you dreamed that up, my And friend. just what I said I meant. You flip from coast to coast, and you tell us just what you want to tell us, and you have many and varied plans, and you do carry them out, and we would all like to know how you, you do it, because I think that you are a miracle of our times. I mm. think it's just wonderful to be considered this paragon of activity. But the whole point is, you're running a studio, you're running a home, and yet, at the same time, you turn to me, old friend, and say, look how busy you are, Junie. My goodness, I love that. But I also have another tack, which perhaps you would like to give some thought while you're stirring up your ideas there. I think that you should write another book called Making Something Out of Nothing. And I don't mean your life. I mean your various activities sort of always stem from making something out of nothing. Oh, no, Lucy, I, I start with your real estate, of course. Well, the only reason I got involved with the real estate was that about 15 years ago, when I wanted to live in a home, you know, and I realized that my life as an actor was a very precarious one, and I had only developed one facet at that time, which was acting. And it wasn't too, you know, it wasn't too sure. So I said, I'll buy this lovely place because I can make nests. It's the one talent that I do have is to make nests, and people want them. So if I make five nests and live in one, and other people come and pay me to live in the other, <laughs> it, maybe it'll keep me out of the old actor's home. I see. So I did that, and the first one, the guinea pig one, was a big success. So I acquired another one when there was a bargain coming up and got in there and with the dug the holes, and I learned a great deal about it, and I found it fascinating. Yes. Where well, was your first place? The first place was uh, actually in New York City. Oh. Oh. A place I call Buskin Hill, which at the time, uh, only a few pioneers lived there. Now it's a, one of the classiest streets in town. Yes. And now I've bought a new one, which is a member of the New York Antiquities Society. It has its little plaque in the front, and it has all the original molding, the original marble fireplaces, the most beautiful floors, and it's right in the smack middle of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, for heaven's sake. How did you acquire that? Well, I was just lucky. I was, I, you know, I work, I, I'm a member of the actor's studio, and I work there a great deal, and it's right in the middle of Hell's Kitchen. And one day I was working along, we were, a whole bunch of us were working on some project, and somebody said, gee, do you know that house, that wonderful house? That man's going to be sent off to Australia, and he wants to sell it. Well, I wasted no time getting over there, and I got it. What, what is Hell's happen? Kitchen exactly in New York City? Let's see, it's, it's from the river to about 8th Avenue, and then up to about 48th or 9th Street. 
Well, so much for your real estate activities. I've watched it throughout the years, and I've admired it very much. It was something I wanted to ask you about, because I know that you advocate that life should be battled alone. But I don't really believe that that's your philosophy. Why? Because uh, of your beautiful daughter, your couple of marriages, and the mother instinct that is apparent in all the animals that cross your path. Well... Now, that is not being alone. No, of course not, but and when... And, too, the love that you have for your sister Gypsy, the very closeness. Well, I have a lot of love spilling all around, but that doesn't make it possible, really, when you have a, a huge thing that you'd like to accomplish. No one really can help you with it. Or if you have a huge thing that you wish to diminish or fight or win over, you have to do that all alone. You know that. But uh, I do believe that you push yourself into aloneness a lot of times, and I really want to talk to you about it, because I think that takes more strength than I would have. I have to have people around me a great deal of the time. I mean every night. I don't want to come home to a place that is absent of people. Isn't that funny? I love solitude and silence. I get that. I still get that. I, I have fuel on those. Those are my fuel tanks. Solitude but I have to have silence. them a little at hand. But the strength that you use in getting this solitude and silence is just a step farther than I would be able to go. That's my point. You know... My beloved friends, uh, and I can count them on my hands. You're lucky. Two hands? Two hands. Good. The same I started out with, Lucy. You're one of them, of course. Thank you. And then the other people, you know, whom we both know and share. But what pleases me now is I sit sort of at this stage of my life and view the back part of it and maybe the forward part of it is that I seem to have come up with the same people I started out loving when I reached my grown-up viewpoints. And I still love them the same. And, if possible, a little more, because as the years have passed, it's warmed up my devotion and given me a clearer, larger viewpoint, a longer viewpoint. And the people who have worn with me and with whom I have worn have remained and intensified and solidified in this relationship, and it's glorious. Well, that's a, a, a title for another book. That's uh, because of your early wisdom. I like that. You see, I have some of the friends that I started with. Uh, You've many, got your whole crew that many, you started well, with, Well, not too. just that, but I mean the people that I knew many years ago that still uh, like me and uh, respect me for a couple of things, and uh, I, I'm so glad that uh, that I chose the right people then, I'll put it that way. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean now. Early wisdom, of course. We're just lucky if that happens to us in our youth. I suppose so. I tell that to young people um, when I teach, as I know you do, in some of the classes. That's one of the things I talk about, their choice of friends. I always say, uh, when you choose a friend, ask yourself why you're choosing him or her, and make sure that it's a good reason. Do you teach, Lucy? I don't teach. What I do now, I, I do lecture at uh, colleges. What are some of the questions that you get mostly around the country, around America? Well, they're rather surprisingly intimate. People all believe they know me. Well, you know how I introduced you this uh, morning. I didn't think so. I realized some time ago that I really don't know you at all. You know the terrifying part of this? Is that in the last year, you see in New York, directing and playwriting, I have opened myself more widely than ever before in my life. Yes, it started when you wrote the book. 
I guess. Because then, you, you had to do some soul searching. And you stop uh, glossing over your life like you do in an interview. When an interviewer yeah. comes and asks you questions, you tell them just as much as you want to tell them. But when you're writing your book the way you wrote it, so honestly, so beautifully, that's soul searching and that's putting down the truth no matter how it looks or sounds. I had this thrown at me by five or six people I felt that I had known over the years. And they opened up a couple of times and said, you won't let anyone get close to you. You know that, don't you? I've always felt that it was other people holding themselves away from me. Perhaps I've been guilty of being cold in some way. And if that's true, I've spent this whole last year trying to correct that, Lucy. The and fact uh, that you have been able to talk about it so beautifully helps others. That's, uh, that's the marvelous thing about it, which you don't, uh, almost don't recognize. Probably helps me, too. Well, of course it helps all of us to you know, finally uh, share our sorrow or our uh, happiness. It helps us to have someone to share it with. You shared it with the world, finally. Well, I certainly have enjoyed talking to you, with you today. Perhaps could you come back tomorrow if I think of any more questions? I'd love to. I'll come back any time, you name it. All right, dear. Bye for now. Hi, this is Lucy, and with me again today, my very good friend, June Havoc. Our June is one of the busiest gals I know. She's written and directed a play, she's written a book, she flits from coast to coast, and she's awfully hard to pin down. But today, we're going to find out a little bit more about this vital young lady. Junie, you said to me the other day that you were going to get back to reality. But I'm not just sure how you meant that, because I thought I detected a note of disappointment in your voice. There is. Well, why? Well... By now, let's explain to the, to the listeners what you meant by reality. Commercialism. You meant going to work at a certain something or other? Yes, facing up to the fact that I've had my fun. Uh, I've had my holiday. Doing I'm what? Doing the things that people just find it difficult to accept June Havoc doing. I have, I have written. See, I've played Shakespeare, I've played Restoration Comedy. I've played all the things that didn't really pay my bills, but they paid the bills in my heart. Why did you want to, June? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm asking this as Lucy to June, because I, it has never occurred to me for five minutes that I should ever play Shakespeare or ever do anything like that. I have no aspirations like that. And I, it really amazes me that anyone can, who can... Uh, hit the American comedy level as easily and quickly as it, perhaps it's because it's too easy for you. I don't see how you can aspire to do so many other things that, like you say, people will almost not accept from you. Well, they did accept it, and that was my whole battle. I wanted, with all my heart, ever since I was a little tiny kid, I have yearned to do the classics. I have yearned not to be a great lady. I don't see myself as a grand dame. I haven't changed in any way, have I, Lucy? No. The only thing that's changed is that I have achieved a few points in my life which I yearned toward yeah. and admired. Now I've got them under my belt, and I know I can do it. My dear, it, you know, it, it was wonderful. It was a glorious five years. So why do you want to get back to what you call reality because with a slight no. disdainful note in your oh, voice? I don't! No disdain at all. I was laughing at myself. I was saying... I wish I could do the two at the same time, but you see, you can't, Lucy. You have to take time out to do these things. And I did. I took time out. And now I, I, I want to go back. I want to do both. It isn't that I want to do just one, but fortune won't allow that. You must do only one at a time. You can't spend six months at Stratford doing Shakespeare while you're doing something else. 
can't do it. You've got to go up there, dig in, and stay. Is there something wrong with me that I never wanted to do anything of like that? Of course not. Look, Lucy, there's nothing wrong with you. Is there something wrong with me because I did? I'm trying to be true to myself, and I loved that. Well, what, what about the reality that you're talking about now? How much of yourself, your gay comedy self, are you going to give us? We see, hope. Since, oh, well, uh, Lucy, opportunity is the important thing. I'm ready now, and I've got this world of experience behind me, and I never felt as well or as happy or prepared. Well, then maybe we have a chance to get you back out here in a nice, beautiful comedy show. So I'd love it, Lucy. All of America can enjoy you again, and not just a little handful of theater goers, right? I tell you, I have always wanted to live like this. This is my idea of heaven, but I would love to do both. And I've had, as I said, five of the most glorious years. I know. Now, the reason I started you on that whole big bit is that I think that today America needs to laugh at ladies like you. And I think that's the biggest service you could do for the world and for yourself at this point. And I agree with what you just said. Okay. I think it's a profound and beautiful thought and a very Lucy thought. And I just want to get in on it. I'm I wish not, to I... say I'd like to have a little credit for it. <laughs> Even though you said it, I'd like to say that I think that too. <laughs> well, I was watching the news last night, and I cried at the news. It makes me cry. I just me. cry at the 11 o'clock news, you know. Such confusion. Anything that we can alleviate in that area, I think, is very, very necessary. You know, darling, I want very dearly to reach out and to touch more of us. I always have felt that way. Maybe that's why when I, I went too. on the tour and I played in... in um, 32 foreign countries in the State Department tour. Mm -hmm. And I played Sabina in The Skin of Our Teeth, and Sabina comes out and she speaks to the people constantly. You know, yes. Thornton Wilder's written the play that way. And I found that even in Beirut, my dear, when there was less than 1% of English-speaking people in the audience, we had no trouble communicating at all. Yes. The laughs were even there. Mm -hmm. And they're not sight laughs. Yes. It's just a marvelous thing, and I... Uh, contact. Contact. Oh, it's the... When you uh, speak about traveling outside of this country what are some of the questions they ask you Junie? from paris to stockholm to greece <laughs> to turkey the same sort of questions they want to know is it true that the actor the artist in america has the freedom that they've heard we have do is it true that we can say and do anything we want to and of course it is true but you know in most countries the artist is sort of kept separate he's not allowed full expression He's supposed to do his dancing or his violin playing or whatever he does and shut up. And in this country, we're citizens. We're first-class citizens. We're not treated like little puppets or little strange things. And it's quite wonderful. You're allowed to say what you want to say. You're a real, honest-to-goodness, flesh-and-blood human being. I can go down to the, to the Safeway Market or any place else I want to, and the lady will recognize me, and she'll talk to me. Isn't As a great? woman. Yes, it's great. And it's one of the best things. I came back feeling also that they really love us all over the world if we can get to them without a briefcase. Yes. Well, I think many women envy us our busy lives. I'm very grateful for mine, and I know you are too. But they are forever asking for our formula. Now, I think we've covered a little bit of that today. But I point out that someone like you has and has always had a great curiosity about things and and also you have the gumption to get out and get the answers now they a lot of them 
uh, toy with this idea, but I don't think that we can say it too often to impress upon them that it was their original curiosity that made them ask the question in the first place. <laughs> I just say, keep up your curiosity, but like June Havoc, get out and do something about it. Once you get the question in your mind, find the answer. It's and don't be <clears throat> timid. It's just the desire to learn and the desire to do that's important. And, oh, and another thing, Lucy, there's one little thing that you can add to that. The terrible thing that holds people back is the feeling that everybody knows more than you do. And you just have to realize <clears throat> that maybe they don't. No, you have to know that they don't. Anyway, there's knowledge at everyone's fingertips. And if they have the desire to learn, the wisdom to take advantage, the ability to concentrate, and the love of self to persevere, there's an awful lot of things that can be done, which you have proven. Well, thank you, Lucy. That's a lovely thing to say. You know, you are someone who has never said, I can't. I don't I have time. I wish I could. You always get an idea, June. You find the time, you use the energy, and you get it done. You know, you should bottle that and put it on the market. They don't make <laughs> such bottles. Well, I certainly have enjoyed talking to you, with you today, and I think that I have finally uh, found out a little bit more about my friend June. Did you find out anything about me that you didn't know? I don't think so, Lucy. I think, isn't it terrible to say this, so conceited and terrible, but I feel that I know you, and it's one of the reasons I've always loved you. Ever since you lifted that dryer off my head when I was sitting there crying <laughs> and didn't think anybody was looking, and you said, hey, you. All right, get up, out of there. Come on, you're going home with me. I'm not going to have you blubbing around wherever you are. Come on. <laughs> did I do that? Yes, you did. And you got me home, and that night you said, now you drink this, and then you'll sleep. Now, come on, I don't want to talk. Just drink it. I've loved you ever since. <laughs> oh, Junie, this has been such a ball talking with you today. Perhaps we can get together again soon. I'd love to. I'll come back any time, you name it. All right, dear. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.